about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the carny aside. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says she want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 254 of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. The Padres have evened up this series. Tied at one. Phillies Padres here, NLCS. Man, it looked at the beginning of that game there that the Padres might be heading down two games to none to Philadelphia, and that would have been a lot of trouble. Uh, You're asking for like a miracle to come back and win that series, but the Padres, they come back have those two big home runs by Bell and Jury, and they have the big five-run fifth inning. Padres like those five-run innings in these big games uh, this last week, right? They had the big five-run inning against the Dodgers in that seventh inning on Saturday night in game four to clinch that series and move on to this series. And then they had this big five-run inning here in the fifth against the Phillies here in game two to even this series to put it to Philadelphia. And now this series has turned into a best of five, you know? First two games, you split them, just like that Dodgers series, how it turned into, you know, best two out of three. Padres won the first two, so they didn't have to even play the third. Uh, That's what's happening here. Just scratch those first two games. You have the off day tomorrow, and it is possibly, what, five games in five days to decide who moves on to the World Series. Um, I I thought it was... An amazing win. I thought the atmosphere was really, really good at Petco today. Um, going in, I, I was kind of wondering, is it going to be, you know, sellout? Or is it going to be, like, super packed? It's hot. People might have work. Uh, but, no, credit to Padres fans. Credit to us and everyone at Petco today. Everyone showed out. Yeah, there weren't as many people there, like, really early. But it's not a weekend. Uh, but we showed up. And so... You know, they had in the uh, the eighth inning, they had Blink-182 playing again. I mean, whenever that has happened or these last two games that that has happened, uh, the crowd goes nuts. Everyone's singing along. Uh, that's just the beauty of sports, right? And uh, the beauty of San Diego sports when things are going well. Uh, I saw after the game today in the gas lamp, um, I think Jim Russell posted the video. Uh, they're doing their radio show outside. Uh, Peco, and you can't drive down there, obviously. It's blocked off. Or I don't know if it's blocked off, but the people, the Padre fans around Petco have blocked it off because they're in the streets, and they were jumping up and down and partying, it looked like. Uh, I don't want, you know, Phillies fans to see those videos and be like, oh, Padres are getting too confident. Oh, no. Uh, it's one game. Like, we're just excited that we won this game. You know, let's... This is playoff baseball in San Diego. It hasn't happened um, really, really consistently. So we're just enjoying this. I don't want, you know, Phillies fans to take that and and, uh, as us being like cocky or us not taking the Phillies seriously. I mean, all you have to do is look to to game one where Zach really was throwing and we got one hit that whole night. And they could look to early in this game where Aaron Nola was pitching really well uh, and the Padres offense wasn't doing a whole lot. I mean, yeah, they had those two home runs, Jury and Bell, but first inning, no runs. Three, uh, The third inning, excuse me, no runs. The fourth inning, no runs. Um, and, you know, getting behind in that second inning, I was glad that the Padres answered back, make it 4-2 to two after Snell's rough second inning there and Jury's rough second inning and Soto had the sun ball. Um, because... Bouncing back there and getting a couple runs after you got punched in the mouth pretty much by the Phillies there in that second inning. Again, it, it showed we knew this already, but it just showed that this Padres team is never going to give up. Just because you score a bunch of runs and just because you have a good half inning, that doesn't mean anything to this Padres team. They're not going to look at the scoreboard. They're going to treat every at-bat, every inning, like they have to score runs. They might not score those runs, you know, in every inning, but you know, just look at the fifth inning today where they scored five runs. They take every at-bat seriously, you know? 
Um, and Aaron, credit to Aaron, he, I thought he pitched pretty well today. But then in that fifth inning, the Padres uh, got to him. I did want to start with Snell. We'll get to the offense. I thought Snell, he pitched pretty well. I thought he pitched pretty well in the second inning, to be honest. You obviously had the Sun Bowl with Soto. And there were people booing him. And it was like, oh, gr uh, people around us in the stands. Grisham would have made that catch. No, no one would have made that catch because they couldn't see the ball. It was a sun ball. So you can't get mad at that. Snell got his fly out. Uh, that would have been a run anyway. Um, so you can, you know, blame Snell, I guess, for that run. But I thought he pitched pretty well. You had the, uh, what was it, one of the singles. Profar, I thought, could have probably got to one of the, that ball. Uh, the single to left. And Bryce, Bryce's single, I think it was to lead off that inning. He got Snell there. But there were some where it was like, okay, Snell did his job. I mean, it wasn't hard contact, the ball that landed in front of Profar. Uh, he got the fly out. Soto just didn't see it. He got the ground ball on the double play ball. Jury just didn't handle it. Um, and so if you take some of those errors out of the way, if the ball is hit not into the sun, Snell's outing looks much better, at least on paper. Uh, but he does finish today five innings, four earned runs. I, I don't think all of those should be earned. I mean, the Brandon Jury, I, I know he got an out there, so it's not really an error. It's a fielder's choice, but that was an error. That was a double play ball. He could have went to first and then thrown it to second for a tag or just gone to – he probably would have gone to second and then throw it back to first. But that I thought that was a double play ball that should have happened. Uh, but I, I was proud of what Snell did today and I was I was um I was pleased. I mean going into it, I kind of had the same attitude going into game one with Darvish. Like sure maybe we should have higher expectations for Darvish over Snell, but both guys are elite pitchers uh when they're on. And what I wanted from them was to keep the, the Padres in the game. Maybe that's more like a four starter mentality. So game four we should be thinking that. But I know that our offense can score runs against anyone. We saw that in the Dodgers series, and we saw that today. And I'm confident in the Padres' bullpen over the Phillies' bullpen. So if they can get it to the bullpens, you know, with the game kind of being close, then I'll take the Padres' chances there. Um, these first two games, they were decided by the starting pitching. I thought it was probably going to be more decided by the bullpen. Uh, but Darvish and Snell, they did keep the te their team, the Padres, the offense, in the game uh, during their time on the mound. So props to Darvish, props to Snell for these first two games, these starts. And then the bullpen, Nick Martinez, great job out of him. Two scoreless innings there in the sixth and in the seventh. Gave up one hit, struck out three guys, didn't walk anyone. Uh, I believe he has a 1-3 one, one ERA in the postseason so far now. Uh, Robert Suarez came in for the eighth. He gave up that one home run. But I do want to give some props to him for getting that big double play uh, to keep, I believe, to keep it at a three-run game because Manny hit that home run. And uh, the Phillies were trying to get something going there after that home run by uh, Hoskins. And Suarez said no. So good job out of him there. And then Hayter, Hayter, I mean, hasn't allowed a run yet in this postseason. And hopefully he continues that uh, in Philly. Went that ninth inning, didn't give up any hits, didn't give up any runs, no walks, three strikeouts. He has struck out, I believe, eight guys in a row. I think I saw that on Twitter somewhere today after the game. So he's been tremendous. I think A.J. Preller's trade deadline moves, they're working out, aren't they? I mean, Juan Soto today had his big moment. Brennan Drury had his big moment today, go-ahead hit. Josh Bell. Had the home run in game one against the Mets in the wild card series. He has a homer back-to-back -back with Drury today. Has that big hit down the right field line to increase the Padres' lead after Drury had that single to center on the breaking ball. Uh, those were all A.J. Preller trade acquisitions before the trade deadline. Um, so I think it's working out. I mean, I wanted Will in the lineup today going in. I just thought that he was the better defensive first baseman, and we did see that with the Drury error. He did get in the game there in the ninth inning, I believe. Uh, but, hey, both guys, Drury and Bell, they probably do have more home run potential than Myers. And, and In fact, I do think that they do. 
and the Padres wanted power, and they got the power today. So Bob Melvin, the front office, whoever's making the lineups, whoever's making these bullpen decisions, props to them today as well. I mean, they pulled all the right strings. So really applause for the whole team today. I mean, we'll get into the this offense here uh, actually right now. I mean, that fifth inning, I mean, obviously Bell, Bell's home run was crushed in the second inning. That ball, I thought that ball might have gone as far as the Schwarber home run, but it was hit right to the right of where Schwarber hit his. So it, it didn't have the carry on it. Uh, but that ball was crushed. Brandon Juries was just on a rope, kind of like the Grand Slam, I believe he hit on August 3rd. So that was huge. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, bouncing back, uh, showing the Phillies, we're not going to lay down here being down 4 nothing. We're going to come back and get a couple runs here. Uh, but obviously the fifth inning, that was huge. I mean, we'll go, let's go through every play in that fifth inning. Ha-Sung Kim, he was huge to start off this fifth inning here. He gets on base with a single. Grish flew out, um, but then they have the hit and run on. on. Um, I wasn't so sure about that. I know Nola's a contact guy, and I believe Nola, Aaron that is, not Austin, he was trying to have that pitch that he threw to, Nol to his brother be down in the zone, but it wasn't, and it actually ended up being a fastball up, I believe, and Nola did his job. Kim's trying to steal second. He's running, and he, so he had the head start, double in the gap, and Kim scores. That makes it 4-3 there, and things are going. Things are rolling. The crowd is into it. They were into it pretty much the whole game. Uh, there were some times where it kind of felt you know, dead and stuff, but it was really hot, and I th do think after that five-run inning here in this fifth inning, there was like 50 pitches thrown. They, um, a lot of people went onto the concourse to like go to the bathroom and um, just get a little bit of shade time, at least from where we were sitting. We were sitting in the sun. Um, but big hit from Nola, huge from Hassan Kim to start that inning, and then Profar singling, so obviously not, out, not getting out. That put Nola on third, and he easily scored on Soto's double down the line to tie the game. Juan Soto, he's had some criticism, right? He's faced criticism by Padres fans this season. Had He got off to that really, really slow start, like worst slump of his career. We haven't really seen the power, the extra base hits, but he has come through with some pretty darn big hits. I mean, Saturday night, he had the hit there. Uh, I believe that was... I think that one tied the game as well, if I remember correctly. Um, I think that was to right field as well. And then today, the double down the right field line into the corner, scoring Nola uh, to tie the game, and he was pumped up. It's great to see today, to see Drury and Soto make up for their mistakes. I put that you know in air quotes because I don't think Soto's was a mistake. Some people might say, oh, you got to make that play, but it was a sudden ball. He had his glasses on. He did everything that he could. He just didn't see the ball. You can't do anything about it. Snell got his, he got the fly ball, but the sun got it. I mean, can't do anything about that. Drury, I'm happy for him. He made up. He definitely made up for uh, his defense. Had that error, obviously. Well, not an error. It's a fielder's choice. I don't know if they counted it as an error, but ground ball, doesn't field it cleanly. Double play ball. He only gets one out, uh, but he makes up for it. Hits the solo home run in the second, and then he drives in the go-ahead run um, in that fifth inning, part of that five-run fifth inning. That's what you got Brandon Drury for at the trade deadline. Maybe not to bring in like the go-ahead hit specifically, but you brought him in for offensive impact. You didn't bring him in for his defense at first base or anything. You brought him in to either be the DH or wherever he is in the lineup, whatever position he's playing on the field, at least to be that power. You know, be a, a source of power in that lineup. And that's exactly what happened today uh, for Brandon. And so um, I, I was pumped up for Brandon. I was pumped up for Juan. And I think it was very encouraging, uh, you know, rest of this fifth inning. Yeah, Josh Bell getting that single. He had struggled as well. You know, he had that home run against the Mets in the wild card series, but then didn't do really anything after that. But to come up here 
big home run after Drury in the second, and then to come through to uh, driving Crony to make it 7-4 Padres after Drury drove in uh, Profar and Soto to give the Padres the lead. I mean, that was huge, huge insurance, right? The whole thing I was just talking about, Drury, why Preller brought him in, you know, to be a source of power, that's also why he brought in Josh Bell. And so these moves are working out. And what I'm encouraged by here is this game was like a perfect game. I mean, you didn't want to get down 4 nothing, But like, what I mean by a perfect game is you had so many guys contributing on this team. It wasn't a one-man show. It wasn't a one-side-of-the-ball show. You know, it wasn't only pitching and there was like one hit. No, there was strong pitching. Snell kept the Padres in the game. And then the bullpen, Suarez gave up a run, but he got the double play. Martinez didn't give up any runs. Hader didn't give up any runs. And then you had the offense. You had Drury coming through twice. You had Bell come through twice. You had Kim get on. You had Profar single. You had Soto come through to tie the game. Um, you know, so there were so many guys. And then you had Manny hit the big home run. By the way, the crowd chanting MVP in that eighth inning. And as the pitch comes, boom, home run. It was just perfect. Uh, that ball was smashed as well uh, into uh, left center for, what was that? Is that his second? No, third. I think it's his third postseason home run so far. Yeah, third postseason home run. So it was the big guys, Soto, Manny. It was the others, uh, Nola, Drury, Bell, right? There, were, there was a lot of different guys that contributed offensively. And then there was multiple guys that contributed uh, on the pitching side of things uh, in this game. And so that gives me, um, I don't know, positive vibes or it just reinforces that this team, even when they're down, they're going to come back. Even if things aren't going great, well, guess what? They can go great later in the game because they do have depth in the order. It's not like we have to rely on one or two guys and it's like, okay, well, if they don't come through at some point, and you know, let's say it's Manny, he's the only guy we have to, uh, the only guy I can count on. Say it was Grisham, top, bottom. There is depth in this order, and that's exactly what we saw. Today it showed, um, so a very very encouraging win. I'll get to the chat here, uh, here in a sec, but just pretty much, I just wanted to shout out everyone in this game. Really, there's just there was just so many contributors, and this game obviously was huge for the Padres to win this game. It's now one one instead of oh two. If it if, if the but say they didn't put up a fight. And they went down four nothing today. That's really, really heart wrenching or gut. That would be a big gut punch, I think. Down 0 2, you have to win four, five games now. And game four, you have like Clevin Manaya. Uh, um, and the Phillies going back home when playing in front of it against the Dodgers. But. Regardless of where you're playing, it could be hard ones. Winning four out of five, that's still a tough ask. You know, so encouraged now one instead of 0-2, win three in the next five games. And the Padres are in the World Series. Three wins away from the World Series. That is so great to say. All right. Let's get to the chat here. Irie says W big W. Jeremiah, Brandon Jury, and Josh Bell have exploded. Yeah, huge games for them today. Irie says, I love how we took back momentum. That's something that have been done to the season. Yeah, this season, uh, in the postseason, I think they've done a pretty job of taking back the momentum. You look at the Mets series, they had, they, they homered off Scherzer early. They got to him, so they had the momentum there. They lost game two, but they got them in game three. You had the Dodgers series, took back the momentum after game one. I mean, they, they, it felt 
It's almost like they had the momentum at the end of game one. Yeah, they lost the game, but they came back. Remember, they were down five thing at one point. They came back, scored three runs, and it showed the Dodgers, hey, this team's not going to lay down. They're going to fight. And then, obviously, game two, I was very up through there. There was a lot of gut punches. For the Dodgers, you know, Robert Suarez, obviously, huge sixth inning with double play. Things so a second, third, one out, gets the ground at a third, and then the fly ball to center to end that inning. Uh, and then Hayter shutting it down, Crony with the big insurance home run. Like, Padres took the momentum, and they ran with it. And then they came back home, Grish with that home run. And then game four, obviously, uh, that big five-run inning. Um, Crony with, the obviously, the hit we're all going to remember, at least I'm going to remember. And, um, and then the city was partying. And then this series, right? So, yeah, the Phillies, I guess they had the momentum after winning game one last night, one nothing, um, or not one nothing, sorry, 2 nothing. Um, it felt like one nothing. The Padres had one hit. That's what I'm confusing. So they had the momentum, I guess. But the Padres, you know, they took it back starting in that second inning, having those home runs, and then having five runs in that fifth inning. Uh, yeah, Hoskins homered later in the game off Suarez, but that's not a momentum shift. Like, the Padres... You still had Suarez on the mound. You were still confident that they were going to get the win. And now they have, I think they have the momentum going into Philly. You have Joe Musgrove on the mound. I'd rather have him on the mound for us than uh, Ranger Suarez. I don't know a ton about Ranger Suarez. I'm not going to act like I do. But I know Joe Musgrove, and I know that in Game 3 against the Mets, that guy shoved. I know that in Game 4 against the Dodgers, that guy put together a quality start, six innings, two runs, to keep the Padres in that game, and they'd end up going on to win. Um, so th they have a good chance of winning that game and then taking a 2-1 lead, and then they're two wins away from a World Series. So, um, I mean, look, uh, it's still kind of, um, I don't know, just, it's not, sh I don't want to say shocking. It's just, I don't know. It's It's great that I'm still just saying this, like, oh, they're three wins away, could be two after Friday from the World Series. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't even enter your head, really, as a Padres fan, most years. And we're here. So uh, it's, it's great. Brady, uh, Brody, excuse me, sorry. LFGSD, Petco was electric today for a Wednesday at noon. Yeah, I agree. Game was at like 1.30, but yeah, I get your point. I, didn't, I thought there was going to be a good crowd, but with the heat, people working, I, I didn't know if it was going to be like a sellout. It, it looked like it. Uh, it was packed. And yeah, Padres, Padres fans definitely uh, brought the energy today. Jeremiah says, breaking news, Robert Suarez is human. Um, yeah, he still then turned into like a robot after he gave up the home run to Hoskins. He got that big double play to end the inning. So, um, I mean, he's kind of human. He, he has pitched tremendously well for the Padres. He's one of their MVPs in this postseason so far, along with Crony, uh, Grisham, you know, just the bullpen in general, uh, you know, as a whole. So, yeah, he's been huge. Hater's been huge. Obviously, hasn't allowed a run. So, yeah, let's let's hope they keep this going. Keep this. I don't. I'm not a huge believer in momentum, but keep whatever they're doing going. You know, momentum like it's baseball. You know, like sometimes I feel like, you know, in basketball, maybe there's some momentum there, right? You're feeling your shot. You have some momentum, right? You just, you can keep draining them. But with baseball, there's a game, you know, every day, almost every day, you're facing a new pitcher. You have a different starter on the mound who could be worse than the previous day's starter. Uh, I do believe in like players being confident and the Padres are definitely confident right now. They would fit in, into that category so yeah hopefully they can keep this thing going yeah my mom says austin won the nola batter uh, battle excuse me yeah he did that was that was cool uh obviously earlier this season he won the, the game for the padres with that in that one nothing win against his brother he got the hit down right field line and today he comes up with that big hit to to get that thing going Right, the hit and run 
scores Kim. That's what really got that five-run fifth inning going. Um, and the Nola parents, I guess they were interviewed during the game. I saw that they were interviewed uh, after the game. I was down by the field, and MLB Network was interviewing them before the game. So they got a lot of camera time today, obviously. That was a big storyline today, the Nola brothers facing off, because that just doesn't really happen. Um, but yeah, I'm sure for them as parents, imagine that. You have two kids, and they're playing each other in, in the NLCS, and one of them just got a huge hit, a, a game-shifting hit off of uh, the other, you know? So um, I'm sure they'll have a laugh about it. Maybe Aaron won't have a laugh about it if the Padres go on to win this series. Uh, hopefully that's what happens. Nothing against Aaron, obviously, but I want Austin and the Padres to go past the Phillies here. But yeah, um, it, it, was a, it was a cool battle. I think, I think Aaron won the first one. But Austin came up with the big hit, obviously. I see some talk in here in the chat about Myers at first, Jury DHing, Bell. Um, I personally would like to see Myers at first base over Jury, but if they're going with the power, then you're going to have Bell and Jury there. Um, and they're, uh, Bo Mel, the coaching staff, they're going to go based off of matchups and. That's what they like today off of NOLA. So um, they're facing Ranger Suarez in game three. Don't know the matchups on him, but I, I think Myers is going to start again definitely in the series, probably multiple times in this series, if you ask me. Mike says, great night for almost everyone. Could Grisham have a worse day? Swing the damn bat. I mean, yeah, we could pick apart other players' performances, but I want to focus kind of, you know, what David's saying in the comments here. We won, Mike, so who cares? Um, keep it optimistic. I, that's what I want to do. Like, we had so many different guys contribute that Trent Grisham, who's been carrying this offense uh, a lot of these games in this postseason, he's been one of the main contributors. He's one of the MVPs of this postseason for the Padres. There were so many people contributing in the lineup today that it was okay for him to not have a great day. And so I'm actually encouraged by, not him having a bad day, but I'm encouraged by what I saw from the lineup as a whole that it's okay, Grish could have an off day because Manny came through, Soto, Bell, Drury, uh, Nola, Kim, Profar, you know? Um, so I'm looking at it from that lens, that perspective, not focusing on Grisham's bad day i mean what did he even do today okay he went 0 for 4 struck out twice but he did make that really good diving catch early in the game he's been good defensively like he'll he's gonna excuse me he's gonna provide uh some solid defense regardless of what he's doing at the plate Uh, Gus, thank you so much for the super chat. If anyone wants to also support the channel like Gus just did, you can use that super chat button. On regular videos, you can use the super thanks button. He says, great team win, come back. Uh, keep it up, Ben, LFGSD. And I think he was trying to have a goose there. It looks like a duck, I think, from my view here. But I appreciate the comment. Um, it was a great team win. Great comeback. You obviously don't want to be down for nothing to start, but a win is a win. I'm going to take the win. I'm going to take the comeback. I'm going to take the positives from this win. Uh, Snell keeping the Padres in the game. The bullpen being really solid again. Yeah, they, Suarez gave up the home run, but uh, I was confident in Suarez. I was confident in anyone that came out of that bullpen door today. Um, and now it's a 1-1 series instead of 0-2. And, um, it's back to zero zero essentially. Best of five now. Mike says props to John Smoltz. He spoke highly of the Padres the whole game. Did he? Uh, that's good. Um, I I was at the game, so I obviously didn't hear that. I mean, when they score five runs in one inning, you kind of do have to speak highly of them. Uh, that's kind of just doing your job. 
him and Joe Davis, I'll say this. They're probably really disappointed that their teams are not playing each other in the championship series. And so it's probably weird for them to get, like, pumped up for Phillies Padres because Smoltz Braves got knocked out by the Phillies. Joe Davis, he does play-by-play for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers obviously got knocked out by the Padres. He was probably expecting, easily expecting the Dodgers to be in this LCS and call that. But he gets to call uh, the Padres. It was kind of weird. This morning, uh, I was looking up that Jake Cronenworth great play that he made on Bryce Harper earlier in game one, like Bryce's first at-bat. And Joe Davis saying the Crone zone, uh, that's weird. That That's weird. Because I don't think he says that on Dodger broadcasts. And so for him to get excited about the Crone zone, it's just weird. Um, usually that's Don, you know. Don, Mud, by the way, they were here at Petco Park. Uh, they've been there for every home game. They always are being shown on the Jumbotron, and the fans go nuts. I think every fan can agree here that we'd rather have Don and Mud calling these games, but that's just the way it is. We have Jesse and Tony on 97.3 The Fan. Oh, I see in the chat here that I'm lagging. Hope that was that was like 12 minutes ago, so hopefully I'm good. And that's that ended there. Dylan says, "Glad the bats woke up today after our bad luck in the second. I didn't think we were winning." I mean, it's the second inning. I'm not, I'm never going to give up on this team, especially the way that they've been playing and they they did just come back on Saturday night. I'm not going to give up on this team after the second inning, you know, they're down for nothing. Yeah, it's not great. And yeah, there is that thought in your mind, like, oh, dang, going down 0-2, that would be really, really rough. But it's the second inning. And I, I put out a tweet of, I don't know who it was, some random Cincinnati red with just deep breath, you know, just deep breath. It's the second inning. There's plenty of time. You just put together a couple good at-bats an inning. You can score some runs. I wasn't expecting them to score five runs in one inning like they did. Just put together some good at-bats, run here, run there, and they can get back in this game. And They did, They got back in it in that third inning, or second inning, excuse me. Um, when Drury and Bell homered, now it's 4-2 all of a sudden. Now you're definitely in the game. And then uh, there was, a, yeah, it was 4-2. And then the Padres didn't give up any runs from the third inning through the seventh inning, and then they gave up that one solo home run Suarez did to uh, Hoskins, but they already had, what, uh, was it an 8-5 eight, eight lead, 8-4 eight, lead at that point, and then it was 8-5, so I felt like they had it in the bag there because of how great Suarez has been and how great Hayter's been. Sorry for that. Let me... Take that out of the chat. Yeah, Jeremiah, thank you for this. Can we all hit that like button? I appreciate all the support. Uh, I don't know how the YouTube algorithm works, but I think if you hit the like button, then that can push it to other uh, Padres fans or other people that watch Padres stuff. So I would appreciate if you hit that like button. If you subscribe to this YouTube channel, Please turn on those notifications so you know when I'm going live and so you can participate and be here uh, in the chat when I'm talking about games and in the offseason when I'm going to be talking about, you know, players and trades, possibilities and all that stuff. Uh, so whenever breakdowns come out, you'll get a notification. So hit that notification bell on the channel uh, so you don't miss when I'm live or when any content goes out. All right, back to the chat here. Jay Archer says, as much as, I like, as much as I like Myers, I do agree Drury and Bell should be in the lineup every day. Here's the thing with that, though. like You're not getting as great of defense at first base. I know you have the power with Drury and Bell. And maybe they do that for Game 3 because Drury and Bell had good Game 2s here. But entering today, I don't know if I would have... I don't know if I'd agree with that. You know, Drury and Bell in the lineup every day because both were struggling uh, in this postseason. And so if both are struggling, Myers wasn't doing a whole lot either. I understand that. 
But if all three of those guys aren't doing a whole lot, then you're going to want the defense at first base. And so I think that's why Bob Melvin, uh, up to this point, had had uh, Drury or Bell in the lineup with Myers, and then the other Drury or Bell who's not playing, the one that's that the one that wasn't in the lineup, that just on the on the bench. Um, I think they wanted that best defense out there at first, but if Drury and Bell, you know, they had a good game here, maybe they do get in the lineup uh, in game three, both of them, and Myers sits again because they're they had a good uh, game too, but they do have the off day. And again, I'm not a huge believer in momentum, uh, but I guess I'll just say I hope that they keep this going. I hope, I hope that they keep clicking on offense. Um, you wish that those runs come like more consistently like throughout the game, but I don't care how the runs do come at the end of the day. As long as they win, they win, and you move on, and now it's 1-1. Brent says, I always knew Soto was a liability and right, but my God. What do you mean? That, that wasn't even an error from Soto. Anyone that says that was an error, that's not an error. It didn't touch his glove, I don't believe. Uh, in my seats, I didn't even see the play, but I did see it on video after the game. And it was a sun ball. You can't do anything about that. That wasn't on Soto. Uh, yeah, there's been some times during the regular season where he tried, he you know, he got caught in between, or he didn't make a good throw. He did have kind of that throwing error uh, a little bit. I think I don't know if that was that same inning, the second inning, but the Sun Bowl, that's not an error. Jay Archer asks, how much, how short of a leash you think Clev will have Game Four? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it depends on what happens in game three. Like, let's say Musgrove deals Padres win. Maybe you give Clev more of a leash. I don't know. I think that they would have Clevenger go, and then they have Mania come come in after him. So maybe you want Clev to get through the lineup, try to get him through the lineup twice, and then you try to have Mania get through the lineup once or, twi or twice. Or maybe you flip-flop it, and you have Clevenger get through that lineup once, or whoever he faces good, you know, with the matchups. Let's say he does, you know, he does have good numbers. I haven't looked at him, but let's say he has good numbers against the top of the Phillies lineup. Okay, you face the lineup once, then face the top, and then you give it to Manaya. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it depends on the game three results. If they lose game three, maybe you have a shorter leash, but I feel like the plan would probably to get, you know, six innings, out of Clevenger and Manaya in game four. And I don't think Clevenger would go six innings. I appreciate the super chat, Cameron. Um, I don't see any chat or any comment here. So if you have a comment, feel free to just put it in the chat and I'll get to that. Irie says, I hope we re-sign Myers because if we keep him at first, he would stay healthy and I believe and produce much better numbers. Oh, so like a full season at first base, he would be a better player? Yeah. I mean, we're in the middle of the postseason, so I'm not even thinking about that right now. Like that's not even, I don't think that even should be on our minds. I'm just appreciating what might be Will's last run here and might be his last postseason run here because you never know what would happen next year, even if he does come back. Um, so I'm just enjoying this, and we could talk about that, you know, once the season ends, depending on, or not depending, we will talk about it once the season ends, whenever it does end. Hopefully it ends, you know, in November. Good point by Michael here. Says, hi, Ben. Nice to see the offense get going today. And, of course, Manny doing MVP double play. Uh, well, Manny had the big home run uh, right as the crowd was chanting MVP. And that double play, yeah, that was a huge double play. He was playing in the shift. He was kind of playing in the shortstop position. Had to range to his right a little bit. 
didn't backhand it, got around the ball, which is something that some guys probably wouldn't do, and got it to Kim. Great turn by Kim and got it over to first to Drury. So, yeah, huge double play. I don't know if any other third baseman in the league makes it look that easy. Maybe no one makes the play. Maybe someone else makes the play. But to be in the shift like that, you're not at third base. To get around the ball like that, strong throw to Kim, that, that's some real talent. It might look like an easy play, but I don't think that's an easy play. And he made it look easy. So, again, props to him. <laughs> Dylan says, hey, Ben, another note. Hater is a monster. He hasn't hit 100 until this postseason. Dude is nasty. Yeah, hasn't given, to my knowledge, has not allowed a run yet in the postseason. He's been huge. Um, obviously, Friday, no, Saturday, struck out, what, it was Betts, Turner, and Freeman, all down by the way of the K. And then today, strikeouts again all three of them i believe right all three so i think that's eight in a row i think i said that earlier in this episode yeah ninth inning today struck out alec bohm swinging struck out uh gene secure that was looking and then he struck out matt veerling to end the game and to officially tie up the series so yeah i agree haters back and he is a monster right now he's been huge for the padres even dating back to the mets wild card series closing down that game three I think that was after Suarez came in. Jeremiah says, 6-23, Joe pitched against Philly in San Diego. Was his worst start of the year. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think he gave up a couple bombs. Schwarber, yeah, Ramuto, he says it in the chat here. Six innings, six runs, seven hits. One walk and one strike. He only struck out one guy in that start. That's really hard to believe. Let me go through that his game logs here. Yeah, June twenty third, six innings. Yeah, one strikeout. Wow. Even after that bad start, his ERA after that start was 2-1-2. That shows how great he started that season. He's, remember, he started this season with 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 quality starts straight to start off the season. So, he, yeah, he was, he was in the Cy Young conversation. I remember at the MOE Draft Combine talking with Jake Peavy, and he – he wanted Musgrove to start the All-Star game. He was trying to get that, and he thought he was going to be in there for the Cy Young. Obviously, uh, that wasn't going to happen because he did hit that rough patch, uh, a pretty consistent rough patch for a few starts from, what was that, July like 13th, gave up five earned runs against Colorado, uh, and that went through like August 4th. Then he had you know, Arizona in September, Four runs, Dodgers, September, four runs. So that he couldn't win the Cy Young after after putting up those numbers. But um, yeah, you hope that he doesn't do that again. Obviously, uh, I think he's going to look at that video. He's going to look at probably the video of how Darvish attacked the Phillies hitters and how that worked. Because uh, both guys are righties. I know they don't have the same pitch mix. Like Darvish has more pitches than like anyone in baseball. Literally, he's like, it's like 14 pitches or something crazy like that. At least a variation of a breaking ball, variation of uh, slider, something like that. Like those also count as additional pitches. But uh, yeah, I'm sh Musgrove is going to be prepared. Uh, the biggest start of his life was probably, I mean, probably game three against the Mets. And he actually, he dominated. You could say the Dodgers uh, because it was at home, you know, Dodgers, chance to clinch. It's later in the postseason. Um, but he pitched well there, too. You know, six innings, two runs. Like, he's pitching well right now. That's all that matters. Last three start or last four starts of the regular season, he allowed one run total in those, like, 22 innings. I think it was 22. Yeah, 22 innings, one earned run, struck out 27. Had a .41 ERA in his last four regular season starts. And then in the postseason, um, 
allowed one hit to the Mets, right? And then quality start against the Dodgers. So he's been really, really good. And so I, I, I have to expect a quality start. I have to expect him to shove against Philly. And we know he can handle the environment. I'm definitely not worried about him handling Philadelphia, handling the crowd or anything. He was able to handle New York, the Met crowd, in some bizarre circumstances, obviously, with Buck Showalter and the crap that he pulled, you know, checking Joe Musgrove to see if he was cheating, first inning checking the balls, and then waiting, and just total desperate move uh, to go out there when he did. Team's already losing by a significant amount of runs in, like, the sixth inning to go check Musgrove, and he wasn't cheating. Um, and then there was obviously all the attention around that with Brian Kenny and that, you know, that clown saying that on TV. Um, so, yeah, he, he knows how to deal with uh, the stress, the attention, all that, the crowd. So I'm not worried about Joe. And I, I think they have a really, really good chance of winning game three and taking a 2-1 series lead and being two wins away from the World Series. By the way, there is a watch party at Petco, I believe, on Friday and on, I want to say, Saturday. Um, I forget the, I forget like the full details. It's probably up on like Padres.com or something. But I think it, it's free, and you just have to redeem tickets online, and you can go watch the game on the Jumbotron at Petco. So if you want to do that, feel free. Uh, I think they like open gates two hours or something before first pitch. And there's stuff, there's going to be stuff, I think, in Gallagher Square. Um, I could probably check that. But, yeah, that, that's what's going on for the Padres and what they're doing this weekend for those Phillies games. Let me double check for you that information. I don't know if they posted it, actually, to be honest. I think you might have. Oh, no, here it is. Uh, Friday, October 21st, 437, first pitch, game three. Saturday, October 22nd, 445. The gates open at 230 for both nights. If you, if you uh, visit Padres.com slash watch party, uh, all the details are there. And you can purchase, I believe, tickets. Uh, it says the game four watch party on Saturday is sold out. Okay. So that's good to know. It doesn't look like Friday's is, though. So, yeah, Friday's is not. Saturday, I guess it is sold out. And it limits four per person, per account. So, looks like Friday's the only time if you haven't already purchased, or not purchased, just claim tickets. So that's what the Padres, that's what the Padres are doing this weekend. Uh, continuing to go through the chat here, Iris says, Fernando better not get a ring. If we do win, I don't know how that works, but dude hasn't played one game this season. I don't think he does get a ring, to be honest. Yeah, why should he? Um, Haas will probably get a ring because he contributed during the regular season. Voigt should get a ring. Mackenzie Gore, Abrams. Uh, but no, Fernando should not get a ring because he didn't contribute to this team winning at all. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Anthony, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that as well. He asks, have you heard anything about why Tatis had his second surgery on his wrist? Uh, yeah, so what I heard and what I, or what I read from the Kevin Acey article this week was they did it with um, the focus on, like, his long-term health. So they took out the screws that were in the wrist and they replaced it with a central screw. I'm not a doctor, so I don't like know specifically how that works or whatever, but a central screw in that wrist. And I guess that's supposed to keep him healthy or at least increase the chances of him staying healthy for the next decade. I saw 10 years in there. So that's why they did it. Um, and Preller, Padres, they say that he should be ready for spring training, same timeline as the shoulder surgery. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I thought it was good news. Like they're Tatis, the Padres, they're working together, it looks like, and they're using the suspension um, 
They're using that suspension time as great as they can, I think. He's not just sitting around trying to rehab something uh, and not have surgery on it. No, he's taking the right steps to show, you know, because initially he didn't want the surgery. So he's taking the right steps to show that, hey, I'm willing to try to, you know, be a team player here. I messed up, but I'm going to do this surgery, even though I probably don't want to. I'm going to do these surgeries uh, to show that I want to be here for the team. So I, I think he's taking the right steps. All right, so I think that's going to do it. Um, great, great episode. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Episode 254, Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. This episode was brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. There were some people at the Gaglion Bros stands today. I heard that there weren't as many at Petco for game one, just because of Philly. They don't want to get the cheesesteak and all that. Uh, but, you know, Philly's fans were there. I saw some Padre fans there, but they have stands all you know around Petco, a few stands. Uh, GaglionBros.com is the website. Friars Road is their main location. They are also located inside Snapdragon Stadium uh, for Aztec games. Wave, they were as well, but the Wave, they're not going to play any more home games this year. Um, their only games are going to be on the road. They play at Portland on Sunday to try to stay alive in the playoffs after winning round one uh, against Chicago this past weekend. And if they win on Sunday, then they move to the championship game in D.C. So fun stuff for the city of San Diego. Wave Padres in the postseason, in the semifinal round, right? Final four. Uh, and let's hope that both teams can come away with the title. That would be amazing. Uh, so um, that's going to do it for the episode. Go Pods. Keep the faith. We saw what keeping the faith does today, right? Big five-run fifth inning. Series tied at one. Turns it into a best of five. Game three on Friday in Philly. May or may not have an episode tomorrow. We will see. Uh, but again, thank you for tuning in and have a good night. Go Pods. See ya.